Haven't tried Strava Craft Coffee yet? We are selling Strava Cold Brew at the DNVR bar. That's right, we got some morning games coming up for the Denver Nuggets, 11.30 start. You might be a little tired, you might be dragging. Maybe you've been at work and you're coming for your lunch break and you're starting your, your Monday off. Come to the bar, get some Strava Craft Cold Brew or order it online right now. You can save 20% with Strava Craft Coffee subscription. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of this one-time code and now you can save 20% off your favorite coffee forever. You'll never have to put your CC info in again. Um, it's really great. CBD infused Strava Craft Coffee. Um, it, it's great for headaches, migraines, back pain. You haven't tried CBD, put it, it's already infused inside the coffee and it's really great. It's got all these great uh, benefits for you. So remember, purchase online 20% off using promo code DNVR20. Our subscribers save 20% on every order. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Adam Mades, today, and we're doing a notebook edition. A notebook edition on the Los Angeles Clippers game, a game Denver lost. Although it's kind of meaningless, I think everybody kind of knows that. It was a very good game. This is one that on rewatch, I, I, I think this is always true for me. I get just so much more on rewatch than I do the first time through, but I think it was especially true of this one. And all, for all good reasons, I thought this was a game where a lot of really positive things stood out that I didn't catch the first time. So watching this back a second time, I'm, I'm more encouraged than I was watching it the first time through. If you're new to the show, notebook episodes are ones usually take place a day after and they go into detail um, on some of the things. I always do a rewatch, a more um, in-depth sort of study on the game and, and interesting things that popped out to me. And then there's a companion piece to this for DNVR members. If you're a DNVR subscriber, you can go on thednvr.com and check out the list video companion piece that shows you some of the plays with voiceover narration of what you saw. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I think this is a great addition of the list. A lot of it. How many clips were there? I think there were 14. No, so 13 clips uh, up on the list today. And um, a lot of them are really, really fascinating. So without further ado, let's get right into it. <laughs> These are going to go in chronological order, so they kind of bounce around topic-wise, but they're in linear order of, of what happened. Michael Porter Jr. had a really imp impressive block on Paul George in this one. And similar to Bull Bull, although to a much lesser degree, I think Michael Porter is a rare example of one of those guys that's so much taller, longer, and more athletic than people realize. So he sort of sneaks up. First time players will go against him he sneaks up on them like oh my god I didn't think he would get that I didn't think he was long enough to do that and he had one of those against Paul George which is great because Paul George himself is an extremely tall player so it's one of those things where you're reminded that oh yeah Paul George this great dynamic scorer and defender um you know that's what Michael Porter sort of represents actually I think even a little bit of a, of a taller version of that so I'm not saying he's going to be the defender or even player that Paul George is, but Paul George at 6'8", Michael Porter at 6'10", it just shows you um, you know, <laughs> just what an outlier physically we're talking about. I thought overall in this game, and I gave an example of this in, uh, I think I gave three different clips all, all spliced together as one, but um, I thought the biggest takeaway I had from this game was that Denver's defense looked really good. And it's kind of funny because Michael Malone basically said the opposite of that. He was That was the thing he was most concerned with. But on rewatch, I just thought that there was a lot of things that stood out in a very positive way on the defensive end. That Denver, 
I've always said that when they play hard, I think that their defense is really good, and Jokic in particular can be a very good defender when he's locked in, and I just thought that the rotations were on point more so than any other game, and there was a lot to be encouraged by. I mean, the Clippers are a very good team, and they have a lot of talented sort of just scores, one-on-one scores, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams, even Marcus Morris. So they have some guys that can score, but watching um, you know, watching this game and watching them go one-on-one, uh, I'm sorry, watching them try to attack and Denver just kind of rotate on a string. I was very encouraged by that. Great examples of this up on the list. They even, even the intensity was good. I mean, they forced a 24 second violation in this one. Um, they forced some like really tough shots and really like, you know, you, you could see that it had flustered the Clippers quite a bit. Um, there's, I just have in here that Paul Millsap highlight was crazy. If you think back to that one play where Paul Millsap drives through the leg, splits the defenders, then spins like a 180 and gives it off to Jokic. Millsap has not been, you know, he hasn't been very impressive in this seeding round. And I think if there was one player that gets sort of a pass, it's Paul Millsap. He's a veteran. What does he need to do? And, you know, play heavy minutes. Malone has sort of limited his minutes and, He's a guy that I think game one of the playoff series is going to be a guy I'm going to really have my eye on. Does he look quicker than he has in the seeding round? Does he look defensively like he's more impactful than he has in the seeding round? That's the thing I'm really curious about because I think Denver has sort of cut him out, not fully, but mostly from their offense, meaning he's sort of just like Jeremy Grant. He just fills in. In fact, maybe even less so than Jeremy Grant. They don't run a lot of ISOs for Paul Millsap. They don't really rely on him for a lot of things. He just kind of fills in the gaps. And I'm curious to see if once the playoffs arrive, if he has a little bit more pep in his step uh, or if not. Um, Jokic was very willing to shoot the three-pointer in this game. If you've listened to the show for the last couple episodes, last couple notebooks, I've been talking about this. One of the huge variables, and it's even more important, I think, against the Utah Jazz, is is Jokic going to be willing to step up and take threes, and can he knock them down when he does? And he was only one of four in this game, only so not a great percentage. He's going to need to make more. But in that first quarter alone, I think he took three of them. Um, I'm double-checking. I'm fact-checking myself here. Uh, yep, he goes one of three in the first quarter. So he just seemed willing to, and I think especially early on in games, if Jokic comes out in game one against the Utah Jazz and he drains two or three three three-pointers in the first half, I think it's going to affect the way that the Utah Jazz have to guard him because if he can sit up there and knock those down at a nice enough clip, um, they're going to completely break the the Utah defense. And I think Jokic knows this. And in this game, which was really more than any other game, a sort of dress rehearsal, Jokic looked like he had the quick trigger and was in the headspace to take that shot. Um, so it was really good to see. He took three of them in the first five minutes and ten seconds. The Clippers dropped against Jamal Murray on some possessions, and he took a, a pull-up three on one of them. Now, he missed it, but I do like that he's recognizing those and also being sort of willing. I mean, one of the questions with the Nuggets going into the playoffs, I think one of the things that can sink the Nuggets is if Murray and Jokic are not a threat out on the three-point line, especially in that pick-and-roll. Their two-man game is so good, and that's a note I'm going to have a little bit later on, but their two-man game is so good uh, that it would be that much more dynamic if they're able to turn the corner and knock down those threes and really put pressure on the defense to extend you know, 30-plus feet out, out on the court. If they can do that, I just don't think anybody can stop them, really anybody in the NBA. Um, Michael Porter Jr., he really likes that trip uh, transition pull-up. He was off in this game, but he really likes that transition pull-up, and I do too. He is such a threat. It, he's an interesting one because – when he he's so smooth, he sort of glides up the court when he's running that you don't realize he's actually super fast. 
some players, you know, they're sprinting really hard, they're dribbling hard, and they're going up. Michael Porter just kind of floats, but when you watch him in relation to other players, he's sprinting the ball up the court. He's just got those long strides and um, just really, really graceful. So when he gets the ball, and he's a good rebounder, so when he rebounds the ball and is able to push it up, those tend to be Denver's quickest possessions, and they get like really quick looks out of it. Oftentimes when he boards and brings it up the court, and one of the ways he can really do that is by being a threat to step into a three-pointer. Now, what does this do? One, if you can get an open shot and knock it down, okay, that's obviously a great. Everybody can understand that. That's very simple. Two, it gives the threat, so it makes the defense step up further, and he's got a really good sort of hesitation. He's got those long strides that if he has momentum and you're sort of standing still, he can get around you very easy with the sort of freeze move and then go and then go, like a freeze and go. But I think more important than any of this when the scouting report gets out that, hey, this guy's really good in transition, always pick him up, you just create natural switches, and that's what happens a lot. So him having a quick trigger in transition, until he misses a lot of those in a row, I think it, you, you have to give him the green light because the more he has the green light, the more defenses are going to find themselves in mismatches when Denver gets the defensive board and gets out. And I think that's a huge, huge positive for Denver. Um. Him handling in transition, I, I think, will be key. Just finding opportunities for him to sort of like get quick offense. I don't know that Denver's going to get there this year, but I do think going forward, kind of having the like just the 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 team sort of awareness of hey, when he gets the ball in transition, let's get early screens, let's attack, let's go and let's have some early transition things that it's like, oh, Porter has the ball, Jokic is rim running, Grant, you set that drag screen earlier, you know, Murray, set that set that screen up above the three-point line quick and get the defense sort of like messing up early. I think that's going to be uh, a huge, huge bonus for the Nuggets. The Clippers guarded Jokic one-on-one in the post. Look, if Denver wins, if Denver beats the uh, Utah Jazz in the first round, they've got the Clippers. So there's certain data points that you watch in this game that you say, okay, I'm curious if they do that in this one. They, hand, they, they tried to guard him one-on-one and kind of stick to the tr- to, to the perimeter um, in the post, and that's pretty interesting. Jokic in this game, very efficient, seven for eleven. Um, yeah, I thought he had a phenomenal, especially on rewatch. Se- Seventeen points, thirteen assists, seven rebounds. I mean, Jokic. If you want to take something away, Jokic has had hot games. He has cold games. He will continue to have that even in the playoffs. Thirteen assists. That means he was in his bag. That means Jokic was very comfortable. He was a plus five in this game, um, and, and I think there's something to that. There's so th- that to me, especially on rewatch. I'm watching him, and I go, man, he is just he is really really comfortable with how the Clippers are trying to defend him. Murray had a great cut for the post. I put this up on the list. Um, you know, post entry to Jokic, he's on the. It's it's basically him and Jokic on one side. Ball goes in and he go, cuts to the other side. But what I like, Murray is a very very smart player. He's like a very good floor spacer. He's got good instincts. And what I like is there was this nice play where. They're going to try to guard Jokic one-on-one in the post, but they might send a double, especially if they feel like the spacing for Denver is poor. Well, Murray's cut was so perfectly timed and in such a great spot that he basically created a confusion on the weak side so that nobody doubled and Jokic gets a nice, easy bucket. You can see this one on the list. Um, There was also a nice fake cut by Porter. So right as Jamal Murray, those two guys just have great instinct. I think scorers, guys that are like love to score, learned how to score off ball. So they became great cutters and floor spacers and it becomes instinctual because they know that by being that they can be a um, you know even bigger threat. But there's this great example. Murray cuts through. He's in the dunker, uh, and then um, 
Michael Porter Jr. kind of half cuts and then cuts back out. There's a confusion on the weak side. Jokic gets an easy, easy post up. Really cool play. And although not technically a three-man game, it is the threat of Denver's three scorers that created that shot. And I thought that was really cool. Take a break real quick and tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Breckenridge Brewery is DNVR. DNVR is Breckenridge Brewery. Supporting our partners is supporting us during this crazy time. And I want to tell you about... It's it's almost it's kind of crazy when I was seeing this read come across because today it was the first day of the year where the sun set before eight o'clock. A little depressing, not gonna lie. But I will say fall is my favorite color or my favorite fun. Fall is my favorite. Uh, what is it? Season. And with fall comes the amber ale. Starting to get into that avalanche amber ale season. And this beer is available to try at the DNVR bar. It's available at the farmhouse. Socially distanced in both places. Masked up. Very responsible. Taking every precaution. This is Colorado. People do a good job of taking every precaution. You want to try it out there. Or you can go ahead and go to Costco King Supers. You can get it at any of those places where you pick up your alcohol. Try it out. The Avalanche Amber uh, Amber Ale. Or, of course, any of the other delicious Breckenridge Brewery. They got a flavor for everybody. Colorado Core, Hop Peak IPA, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr., whatever it is. Um, You got all kinds of good stuff. And if you don't know where one is, if you've been listening to the show and you want to try it out, you say, hmm, man, these sounds good. Avalanche Amber, Vanilla Porter Jr. Wow, I hear that one's really coming on strong lately. Google the Breck Brew locator, and they'll tell you which which restaurants, which liquor stores have it, which which grocery stores have the beer nearest you. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. Use that one. It'll tell you if there's anything nearby, and you can go check it out. I also want to tell you about WGT Golf. It's not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. It's become so popular that, I mean, there's certain things. I know some people, maybe you just listen to the podcast. Maybe you listen to the podcast and subscribe. Maybe, you, you know, you get some of the t-shirts, you come to the bar. I don't know. WGT Golf, I'm telling you, it's getting cooler and cooler, and we really, actually have some really cool uh, announcements coming up with it very, very soon. It's a video game you download right onto your phone, WGT Golf, and it's so much fun. We actually have so many people in there. I think we have like 750 DNVR members now in our clubhouses. We're now on to clubhouse number three. Clubhouse one filled up, uh, DNVR two filled up. So if you download the app and you want to join the clubhouse, go search for DNVR3, spots available for the time being. Um, you're going to want to do that because we have tournaments every single weekend and pretty soon we're going to be having prizes. So it's time to get in, start playing that whenever you just got free time. You're sitting on the bus, um, you're waiting for your coffee, you're waiting for this or that. Play a little WGT. It's fast. It's fun. You can play against other people from the DNVR network, and it's just a it's a really really great game. You're gonna to want to check it out. And then of course we have the tournaments every weekend, and those tournaments can be a lot of fun. When somebody has to get on here and be better than Harrison Wind, I, he's just too conf- too cocky, too confident. Download it now. Practice a little bit. You can play closest to the hole, full stroke play. You can even play top golf style golf on there. It's a lot of fun. Um, and you compete head-to-head with, with your friends. Um, it, it's really, really great. So make sure you go to dnvrgolf.com, dnvrgolf.com, and download WGT Golf today. So back to the notes here. I think if Michael Porter Jr., who was off in this game, unfortunately, and again, I think he finished with shooting 40, yeah, 4 of 10, but he was off, 0 of 4 from the three-point line. If he And they were all great looks. If he knocks down those shots, the one that we kind of become accustomed to him making um, – you know, so far inside the bubble. If he knocks those down, I think Denver's up 10 points in the first quarter. I mean, they were pretty dominant just from an execution standpoint. I just felt like they ran a little bit dry on some of the shots, namely from Michael Porter. Um, 
Torrey Craig just has a tendency to stack bad plays on top of each other, which I think can be really frustrating. He had this terrible outlet um, that he just threw to he just threw away. I mean, there's just sometimes he'll have these runs of like one or two plays in a row that really drive you crazy. Now, I do think that Torrey has a really important role, especially with Gary Harris out. Torrey Craig's going to have an incredibly important role in the Nuggets, but it's going to be so important for him to limit his mistakes. The mistakes are going to hurt extra in a playoff when every possession is just so important. And in this game in the first quarter, I felt like he had a couple that was stacked on top of each other where you think, okay, between Michael Porter missing and Torrey Craig sort of like screwing up some basics, missing layups, this or that, um, you know, you really could uh, – th- those things made the game close when they shouldn't have been from everything else that was happening. Um, he, he had another one where it was like a brick. He hit the, like, man, he missed, he hit the backboard before it hit the rim. It was really ugly. And then right after that, he fouls Kawhi Leonard on a fadeaway. Torrey Craig fouls a lot. And this is one of the things with him is if you know me, I'm, I I always talk so much about mistakes. You can do a million things well, but if you make a lot of mistakes, it it erases all of that. And Torrey Craig is the example of that guy. He fouls more than most elite defenders. And if you're going to go up against Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, those guys live at the foul line. You can't foul them. You have to be smart and make them earn it with tough mid-range jumpers. And they're good enough that they might, but you can't give them the freebies. And that's the thing that if you go into a series, and we're going to talk about you know, in the coming days, Donovan Mitchell. Torrey Craig's great against Donovan Mitchell. He's been very good. Can he keep him off of the foul line? That's going to be the key because you can't afford to give guys free buckets. I kind of really love, and I have a great clip of this, I love putting um, P.J. Dozier and Monte Morris alongside Jokic and MPJ. That lineup, along with Jeremy Grant, so you basically would run a lineup that goes Monte and P.J. as your two point guards. Um, Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. as your two, we'll just call them wings. I don't think either of those guys is power forward or small forward. They're kind of just a mixture. And then Jokic, of course, is your center. You do that, you put two ball handlers alongside Jokic, MPJ, Grant. That's plenty of spacing. You know, Monte, Jokic, and P.J. Grant, those guys are all threats outside the arc. P.J. Dozier, not so much, but he's just another guy that can sort of attack closeouts, and I like it. I really like that lineup, Um, and I hope that Denver sort of works their rotation in a way that we find that lineup a lot because, to me, when you start to talk about Denver's best lineups and their best rotation – finding that I think is going to be really good. And then of course it staggers itself naturally. So that where Jamal Murray can come in with, you know, some of the bench guys and lead that unit. So um, I really, I really hope that that works out that way because I've been calling for, you know, as much as Murray Jokic is the staple of this team, when you do have to stagger so that one of Jokic and Murray is always on the court when Murray's off, I love the two point guard look. Um, Bowles length. I, I mean, we talked about this, but it just affects shots so much defensively. He's such a question mark, but when he is sort of contesting on the perimeter, he forces air balls. He forces ugly bricks. Um, I, I can't wait. He's going to be so fun. We had so much fun with Michael Porter this year. And uh, as much as it was frustrating at times, cause he wasn't playing as much as we want. When we saw the flashes of him, it was just so much fun. And we're already seeing that with Bull next year as Bull starts to get minutes. I mean, I hope, I assume he next year he'll start getting minutes. As we start to see Bull Bull getting minutes, it's, it's just going to be a whole new wrinkle to the team that I just uh, – Nugget. I think Nuggets basketball is going to be fun for a while. Um, P.J. Dozier, and I gave a great example of this on the list. P.J. Dozier would be better if he did less. I think P.J. Dozier's flaw, why he hasn't hung out, hung in the NBA, why he hasn't quite made it yet, is because he's not the player he wants or thinks that he is. He's really good. He's really talented. He's not a star. 
and he's not a dribble. He just he needs to be a much lower usage player than what he is. And if he learns that, I mean, this is where it's not always about talent. It's about how do guys sort of accept whatever role that's perfect for them. This is PJ Dozier to me. He he is a guy that needs to be better at um, not being too much. And there was a great example of this where they had a great possession, but instead he called PJ Dozier time, and and it just went to hell. Um, I've got a. There was a Bull Williams matchup. Um, oh, oh, this was the example. Bull Bull gets Lou Williams switched on him. The post. There's like 18 seconds on the shot clock. PJ Dozier dribbles it at the top of the key for four seconds, then dribbles into the key and shoots a fallaway mid ranger. And it's just like, man, you got 14 seconds on the clock. What do you do? And you have a mismatch inherently. Williams not a good shooter or a defender anyway. Bull Bull can shoot over him, in, you know, all day, and he didn't get to him. His strength, by the way, Bull Bull's strength is going to limit him so much. I mean, there was the Clippers are long and they're really strong, and there was a couple plays where Bull just looked like you know just so weak out there. Not even inside, where not like the Dwight Howard week, but you know just on the perimeter setting screens or trying to get around. Where you're like, man, this guy really doesn't have any strength to his game. But that being said, his coast-to-coast -coast was absolutely ridiculous. It is so great having Doris Burke on the call. I mean, she's fantastic to begin with, but hearing her. Um, you know, just kind of gush over some of the cool stuff Bull Bull did was was a lot of fun. His handle is just so fantastic, man. I mean, his he is such a such a fascinating player. Jeremy handling the ball in the pick and roll. I keep talking about this, but there was a play in this one, and it's on. Believe me, it's on the list where Bull, where Jeremy Grant runs a pick and roll with Nikola Jokic. So you're talking uses basically a four running pick and roll with a five as the screener, but he turns the corner with Kawhi Leonard guarding him, takes a dribble down the paint, and then dunks it like right on the defense. Man, Jeremy Grant. I hope he. I have to imagine he wants to stay in Denver. Forget the money aspect of all of this. Denver brings out the most fun aspects of his game, especially alongside Jokic, especially along Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. And I think going forward, he has to look at this and say, okay, can I go to a place like an Oklahoma City or almost anywhere else? And they're probably not going to let me handle the ball. They're not going to let me put me at the sort of combo forward position. And they're, I'm just going to be a spot-up three-point shooter and defender. Or I can be in Denver where they're going to say, go for it, attack closeouts, run pick and rolls, do some of this fun stuff. And man, does he look – I mean – I was impressed with Jeremy Grant the first time watching him live. Watching him the second time, even more excited about sort of how his game is developing and his chemistry is developing alongside the Nuggets. His reads off of Jokic are just improving. There was another play on the list, not the pick and roll, but there was another one where he sets it. It's actually funny. It was the inverse. Jokic is the point guard now, and, and, and Jeremy Grant is the screener, and he sets it, slips early. And, of course, you remember this one. This is the one where Jokic has that, like, right hand that one-handed pass where he throws around the defense it almost feels like a curveball around the defense so you get the grant Jokic pick and roll you get the Jokic grant pick and roll the two-man game with those two is starting to come together this is why Jokic had 13 assists in three quarters early in the season he had the exact same or in the bubble he had the exact same thing 13 assists in 24 minutes he plays 28 and a half this time so Jokic has two games inside the bubble think about this playing alongside Jeremy Grant two games inside the bubble with 13 assists in which he didn't even play in the fourth quarter Jokic I'm telling you the Nuggets team is really in my opinion really shaping up to come together around his skill set I don't know that it's going to fully manifest itself in this playoffs although it might I mean if we've seen two inside the bubble with 13 assists already then moving in the right direction but going forward Grant Porter Jr. Murray that's three guys now that really really are learning 
I mean, we talked about the chemistry of Jokic and Murray and how great it was. Now you have the chemistry between Michael Porter growing every single second they're on the court together and the chemistry with Grant growing. You get three, maybe four. Bull Bull, by the way, very smart play. I think Bull Bull has a like a, a good basketball IQ. I think he's going to be another guy that learns to fit and play off of Jokic well. There's real scenarios where you start getting four, five, six guys in the ro- roster who all are great fits with Jokic offensively because they read him so well and can play that basketball. Man, the sky's the limit. I think the Nuggets... It's funny. I think their most fun days are ahead of them, and maybe starting now. Very exciting time to be a Denver Nuggets fan, man. Watch this game more than any game in the bubble got me excited because I was just like, man, they're getting there. They're a lot closer than I thought they were. They're getting there. They're starting to make uh, some real progress. And these plays, of course, are on the list. Um, uh, Several of these examples that you're just, if you watch them, you're going to be like, man, I can't wait. Um, and the Jokic-Murray chemistry is just so good. I mean, those two guys, I know some people have been throwing out, even I threw this out, the, like, does Murray, is he going to break the chemistry, this or that? I have to say, I have been so impressed with Jamal Murray in so many different ways. But number one, just in the way that him and Jokic have played off of each other in a way that is not just those two going back and forth in a monotonous way. They do a little bit of everything. They're constantly sort of reading each other. And um, I think when Jokic is aggressive, um, the the two of them just are like a, a, a dynamic duo, just absolutely incredible. So excited for the chemistry of those guys. The Clippers closed the first half with J. J. Michael Green on Jokic, so a little bit small, a little undersized, and the Nuggets absolutely destroyed them. You talk about you know Montrezl Harrell's a guy that plays hard. What's he you know what's he gonna do? I think Jokic, even on Zubats, he was you know in his bag. But when they go small. I just feel like the Nuggets, they're, the, they're, they're such an oddball team. They're the rare team that beats you with size, not with like three-point shooting or speed. And the Clippers tried to play their versatile lineup with a bunch of guys that are all 6'8". Jokic just absolutely ate it alive. And the Nuggets as a team just absolutely ate it alive. And they finish up eight at the half. A lot of that in the final minutes where, uh, like I said, J. Michael Green's on Jokic and it just put them in a, a bind every time down the court. The three-man game also looked great to close that second quarter. And I have two different, actually three different examples online of what I mean by the three-man game. Now, the three-man game doesn't really exist. Eh, it kind of does. It's not like the two-man game where you're just talking about a pick and roll. Like, right, a pick and roll requires two players specifically. One, two, we got a ball handler and a screener. When I say three-man game, what I mean is they use the two other players. Usually it's either Grant or Millsap or Torrey Craig or some combination of those guys. And they'll put those guys on the weak side basically as floor spacers. And if it's Jeremy Grant or Paul Millsap, those guys have been very good this year as floor spacers. If it's Torrey Craig, you know, that's going to be a huge thing to kind of follow. Can Torrey Craig make plays off of that weak side, whether that be crashing the board, hustle plays, or knocking down the spot-ups? That's going to be one of the huge questions of the playoffs. But you place the other three guys, Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter, all on the same side and all sort of working together in an action. So... Um, one play I'm thinking of in particular, you you know, enter it to Michael Porter on the wing. Um, Jamal Murray sets a back screen for Jokic, who gets the ball in the in the post, and then Murray sets a fade screen for Michael Porter. So Murray screens both for Jokic and for Porter, but kind of back to back. Kick out to Porter, who attacks the defense. He has Jamal Murray wide open on the wing. He has Jokic wide open underneath. Those three guys being so unique, so unique sized, so unique in terms of like, oh, one of them's a six ten score one of them's a point guard with you know um who can shoot the three and then one of them's just that seven foot unicorn 
you can't switch those actions. Like, you don't want to. Even a versatile team like the Clippers who says, oh, we have a bunch of positionless guys. Reggie Jackson on Jokic, that's a, that, you don't want that. Reggie Jackson on Michael Porter Jr., yes, Reggie Jackson's long-armed and he's more versatile than most, but Michael Porter Jr. is 6'10". He just shoots right over the top. So those actions, it was so exciting to see a defense that's designed to switch try to switch against those three in a designed a designated action, and it just absolutely melt them away. Um, like I said, so many encouraging things. So the Nuggets go up eight at the half. They have 16 assists in the first half. That's such a great sign. You've listened to the show. You know that 30 assists is such a rare thing. So Denver, the fact that they were on pace for that when they were playing their, you know, the starting unit, that that's a huge, that's a great sign. That's um, that's Nuggets basketball. That's getting the ball popping, and it's getting the ball popping with their three biggest stars, their their budding stars. They get 33 assists total in this game, and um, you know, a lot of that is those first three quarters. In fact, I'm looking it up right now. I want to see uh. I want to see how many assists they got in the first three quarters. When that's when Denver starters were really sort of pressure in this game. Twenty-seven, so only six in the fourth quarter when they when Denver kind of got blown out. When the, the game actually mattered, Denver was on pace for what is that? Thirty-six three uh, assists. That's phenomenal. The hits literally keep on coming from one MMA event to the next. They grow in excitement and anticipation, and UFC 252 is no different. With two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend, there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $250. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including fighter props, round-by-round betting, and so much more. Plus, with basketball playoffs right around the corner, literally right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 in free bets to use on in-game action for every day of the first, the entire first round of the playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable betting app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. I know this from our, our colleague, our esteemed colleague. Actually, he's not esteemed colleague at all. Hank, very big fan of the ball toner. It's like a ball deodorant slash like keeps you dry. Incredible. The perfect package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof. You can take it in the shower, cordless body, um, liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. I'm telling you, it's the best trimmer on the market. You've probably been hearing about the guys left or right. It's time. Get in the game. Find out what it's all about. You can get 20% off your entire purchase and free shipping with the promo code DNVR20. This is important. You go to manscaped.com. You put in promo code DNVR20 and you get 20% off plus free with free uh, shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I've talked about Jamal Murray. I was really impressed with his strength in this game. There's one play, and I put this up on the list, where he gets switched on to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, one of the strongest players in the NBA. Murray kind of stonewalls him. Now he gets scored on, but Jamal Murray in the past, you know, a Kawhi Leonard type, yeah, they're not in the same class. Murray who is a fighter, you know, he's a guy that like wants that's, you know, he's going to play bigger than his, his weight and his ability. He um, has gotten so much stronger that you see him on some of those plays and you go, wow, if he can bang with Kawhi in the post, then, you know, he's really put some strength onto his body. So I've been, I was really impressed with that. And he's also seeing the defense better. There's a, another play I put on the list where he calls out 
to Paul Millsap to rotate on a play that Paul Millsap didn't see. It's kind of funny because Millsap, you know, thought of as being, you know, the guy that doesn't miss assignments too often. But um, Murray Murray out there just kind of caught, took the one guy I think was really communicating on the defensive end. Um, and it's great to see because his defense was one of the areas he really needed to improve on. So we'll see if that continues. Some good early returns. The third quarter, the Clippers actually opened up on a 25-10 to 10 run. And this was against the starting unit. Some of this was the Clippers running hot. They shot 77% during that run, and, you know, Kawhi was hitting shots, Marcus Morris. I mean, they just had everybody was kind of in their bag with mid-rangers. Um, and then on the other side, Denver, a little bit off. They were knocking down some shots. But to me, it, it, you know, that's that's going to happen against your better teams. LeBron's going to score against good defense. Kawhi's going to score. Paul George's going to score against good defense. But I thought the process was good, and Denver had built enough of a lead, enough goodwill that they could kind of survive it. They were only down, you know, seven, eight points at that point, despite a 15-point, you know, um, a 25-10 to 10 run. Um, I lo- One thing I really loved in this game, I didn't think Jokic was too aggressive I still think that he was at like 80%, 90% on this one. I thought defensively he was giving a lot more. I'm so surprised that Malone hated the t- defense in this game. I really am. I wonder if his opinion changed at all on rewatch. Um, but I thought I thought Jokic offensively, w- w- there was a really cool play. I didn't put this on the list, but I probably should have, where Jokic um, – they the Clippers had just gone on that run. It was right at the twenty five to ten run, so right at the end of that, Jokic comes down and he clears everyone out and he backs down Zubats and he creates a wide open layup for Millsap. You remember the play where I don't remember who's on Millsap, but they tried to sneak behind Jokic and thought, oh maybe he doesn't see me, I'll sneak in. Jokic sees you every time and he gives Millsap a nice easy dunk. But it was a play if you watch down the court. It was a play where Denver hadn't scored in three or four possessions, and Jokic basically just says, all right, guys, everybody get out. I got this, and he gets an easy bucket. It was just so surgical and so confident that it's one of those plays where I go, oh, that's right. Jokic has this in his bag, and if he needs it, he can pull it out, but he's not pulling it out too much. So those are my notes from this game, guys. It was so encouraging. I'm telling you, this was a very encouraging game, um, in my opinion, on rewatch. There was a lot of things to take away that uh, I really like. I like some of the rotations. I love the way Grant is coming along. I love the Porter-Murray um, combo. I love some of the stuff I've seen out of Murray. And then, of course, Jokic, 13 assists. That efficiency, 7 of 11. Doesn't matter to me that they they were up in the third quarter. If you think about it, Denver um, down one point at the end of the first. And some of this was like, you know, they ran a little bit unlucky even down the stretch of that one, especially with Porter missing shots. Then they're up eight at the half, and then they're up one at the end of the third. Those are the... You just look at it, even though they gave up a 25-10 to 10 run to open that third, they still rallied back with a run of their own to retake the lead going into the fourth. That's To me, that's really impressive. Um, the schedule came out. Before we get out of here, I'll just mention the one sort of bit of news. The Denver Nuggets schedule for the Utah Jazz came out. And this, As much as it's annoying, it's not a surprise. You look at some of the, the matchups in the other, the rest of the league. You've got LeBron, probably Damian Lillard. Okay, that's prime time. you got Luka Doncic um, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Okay, that's probably prime time as well. you got James Harden and Chris Paul. All right, they're going to give those guys. Denver, Utah, they just don't have the star power. As much as I think Jokic is an awesome player, not everybody agrees. He doesn't have national appeal. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. So Denver gets the morning slots, 11.30 start on Monday. That's the first game. They've got two 2 o'clock games before their first primetime game, which is 9 o'clock. Now, they all are on national television. ESPN for the first three, TNT for the next ones, and then everything TBD after that. But morning games for the Nuggets they should be used to it more than anybody they played a ton of morning games um, but that's when everything gets started on Monday which is great 
because this show, we're going to have a winner's or loser's lounge tomorrow after the Toronto Raptors game. Should be interesting. I'm curious to see that one. And then George Carl, keep it at 1,000. If you haven't subscribed, you haven't left a rating and review, do me a favor. Go on there. Subscribe to it. Uh, leave a rating and review. Keeping it 1,000. George Carl shares his thoughts on the Denver Nuggets. And, of course, what are we going to do on Sunday? We're going to preview this matchup with Utah Jazz. What are the keys? I want to hear from a coach. How are you preparing for a series? What things are you keeping an eye on? What things concern you about Denver when you watch them? Um, how can the Utah Jazz beat them? Uh, how can Denver beat the Utah Jazz? I can't wait for that to hear from an actual expert. I mean, I I take a lot of pride in the things I know and how I analyze the game, but George Carl, I mean, come on. We're talking about one of the great basketball minds of all time. So if you haven't checked out the last episode, it's Evergreen. I'm telling you, he talked about a lot of things that you're going to want to hear, a lot of things about Michael Porter, about Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray. Highly encourage you to check it out. Keeping it 1,000 pot, brand new on, D- on DNVR. And, of course, the second episode will be coming up on Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for lo- listening and tuning in. You can check out the list up on thednvr.com. We'll see everybody tomorrow, hopefully in a winner's lounge. Thanks for listening to today's show. Before you get out of here, let me tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, Colorado. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us, which is always a huge perk. You know you're getting good people. You can schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And tweet at us when you go there. Guys, oral hygiene, oral health, these things are so important. I know when I was younger, I didn't take them so seriously. As I got older, thanks to my wife, she's very, very into, uh, you know, clean teeth, cleanliness, and, and all of that. And now I'm obsessive about it. Floss every day. Big, big flosser, big floss guy over here. Go to my dentist, check up all the time, and you're going to want to check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Longtime DNVR partner. They show us love. Show them some love. Only 15 minutes from downtown. The first step to good health is taking care of your mouth. And remember, get a cleaning, x-ray, or an exam at Green Mountain Dental and receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I used to be afraid of the dentist. I'm not going to lie. I used to hate it. I used to say it's painful. Now that I go so so often, no stress at all. I'm not even kidding. No stress. Love it. They're gentle. They're, they're, you know, they're professional. And once you start going there, the fear completely goes away. You feel healthier. And it leads to so many other, there's all these other things. You take care of your, your, you know, your teeth and all your other health, like trickles down into the rest of your body. It's really important. So don't forget green amount of dental group. That's the DNVR dentist of choice. <laughs>